Welcome back to another episode of Bodies by Brent. I am your host, Brent Ruska. In today's episode, we have Alexa, that sex chick. Alexa is a sex and relationship by design coach and sex coach business mentor on a mission to reform sex education and sexuality expression across the globe. On this episode, we dive into BDSM, the want, will, won't list. You're going to want to download that. How to create a safe environment to learn about each other, BDSM tests, and how to play the dominance and submissive role and so much more. Guys, this is a fun episode. I think you'll learn a lot from it. I started this podcast as a way of helping my clients reach more of their goals, and now it's expanded into helping all of you listeners reach your goals. I want it to be an extension of me as a trainer to help you reach your best life. So for being here, I really appreciate it. And if you would support me, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you can leave a written review, that's super helpful, helps me to continue to grow and the feedback super helpful. Let's keep expanding this podcast so we can continue to help more and more people reach their fitness, wellness, and lifestyle goals. All right, guys, let's get into it. Hope you enjoy. All right, Alexa, welcome to the podcast. Super pumped to have you here. Yay. <laughs> In one of your podcast episodes, you said sex and psychedelics has taught you more about yourself than any other therapeutic form, especially talk therapy. Can mm-hmm. you tell me more about that? Wow, that's a big question. Well, I grew up deep South Louisiana and mostly Catholic in environment. My family wasn't particularly into Catholicism, but my mom thought that it would give me more structure. So she put me into the schooling system. So, And then it was kind of on and off depending on who she was dating or who my stepdad was. Uh, if we were actually going to church and like practicing as a family. So I grew up with basically, and I give that preface by saying like, I learned that both of those things were really bad and really wrong. Drugs. drugs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Really wrong, really bad. Don't do either of those things. However, what I had modeled for me growing up was very opposite to what I was learning in the, in school. And so I avoided, certainly I avoided psychedelics and certain types of drugs, it it was really interesting because getting, you know, prescription pills was like, oh, well, those are legal. And oh, you could just get handed that. And then what I realized is a lot of numbing and a lot of lost memory and um, and mixing it with alcohol. And it was done very unintentionally. Mm-hmm. And that's what I assumed all drug use was like. Mm-hmm. And then for sex, it was told, no, don't do the thing. So both of those things, no, don't do them. So naturally it's like 15, 16, like, well, what does this thing do? <laughs> um, so I, I explored and then the, the different messages that I got growing up, it was, okay, well, my body is saying that I want to do one thing and culture is saying a different thing where I grow up in this small town is saying one thing. And basically it's just a lot of mixed messages. So occasionally I went with what my body wanted to do and that was wrong. Shame, guilt, dirty, bad. And so both of those things held so much taboo, which I know that's my individual story, but so many people that I have met and I've interacted with have their own flavor of it. Shame and guilt around, especially those, you know, just exploring, trying to go outside of the box, Mm kind of figure out who you are generally speaking on an individual level. That's generally what I understood is that what I, the choices that I made were not great and I would have to live with the consequences of them for the rest of my life, especially because I didn't wait until marriage to get to be sexual or any of that. And so 
Come to find out, both of those things hold a lot of the keys to who I am. And through exploring some of those things with a lot of intention, moving a bit slower, being very present with it, and having just this sense of curiosity, Mm -hmm. who am I inside of these subjects, has shown me so much. And I always thought that sex, you know, some of the other things that I was delivered in sex as far as messaging goes is that sex is more for a man than it is for a woman and get into a relationship and be a good girl and just do whatever he needs to do. And sex really looks like intercourse and maybe you have an orgasm, but as soon as he ejaculates and the sex is over and it, and it just body equals worth. And so if he's not wanting it, then there must be something wrong. If I'm not doing, if I'm not showing up in a certain way, then there must be something wrong. And sex is so much more than that. So, so, so much more than that. And so that was some things that I I had to unravel and get out of my system that that it gets to be more and it gets to be bigger and I get to play an active role in it. And then psychedelics, I still avoided that up until, goodness, maybe right before. Like, so there's some of the first psychedelics that I've done within the last five years, four and a half, five years. And that is since really since meeting my now husband Mm -hmm. and moving to Austin and finding places where people were exploring, but very intentionally. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like, here's a tab of acid at a festival, go have fun. Mm -hmm. Because that was a hard bass. I actually don't know how anyone does acid in any of those environments. We actually have a joke, me and my buddy. We're like, if you want to see if you can put yourself through the ringer, take psychedelics at a festival. That's like ultimate boot camp. Like it's not recommended. And you yeah. should be very experienced if you're going to do that because it's a, it's a it's very chaotic to do. Yeah, so stimulating. And I would say that the nervous system on psychedelics and the nervous system in sex can get activated and move really fast, and a lot can you can be processing a lot in mm-hmm. any given moment. And so, I don't necessarily say to blend sex and psychedelics, like to do sex while on psychedelics if you're not also very familiar with acid land or mushroom land or, sure. you know, it's like that psychedelic kind of space, mm-hmm. uh, but both have something to teach. And I, I would say I've learned things about myself through sex that have made me more comfortable and confident in my body. And that certainly translated into me being okay with trying out mushroom land or trying out some other kind of psychedelic land. And there's things that I've learned about myself, like through, through mushrooms, like I always consider myself to be a very grounded person. I live on earth and I have a lot of friends that are up in the clouds and like, great for you. You just float away. I'm going to be right here tethered. I'll just hold on to you, you know, and psychedelics have shown me very, in a lot of ways, sex has two spiritual experiences, like holy fucking shit. I had no idea that my body could do that sex. Holy shit. I had no idea that I could feel all of what is inside of me psychedelics and they both they both i would say have similar kind of expressions and have delivered similar kind of experiences wow so when did you start exploring your sexuality like really i'm going to go into this world and start exploring it so unconsciously Mm -hmm. 13 14 i mean i discovered self-pleasure masturbation which I, i typically don't use the term masturbation because it means i believe that words hold a lot of power and and when you speak, you're essentially casting spells, says the grounded person. Uh, but so masturbation literally means to waste time defiling. So we oh, I typically really? will say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we will typically like it wasn't termed as like, oh, yeah, go masturbate. You know, it was termed as like, oh, you're masturbating. Wow. But I discovered my body and I discovered pleasure at like four or five years old. And that's not uncommon. And I didn't 
associate it with anything sexual. I just knew that it was a thing that felt good. And, and I mean, I know like my husband, Jordan, he can just constantly when he's talking, when he's thinking, when he's on calls, he's just like playing around with his dick. He's just like tugging on his pants. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm like, you for sure learned to do that when you were a kid. And now you're an adult and you're just doing this thing. So like he doesn't associate anything sexual. I think when he's like on a Zoom call and he's just like fidgeting around. And and I think that there are some things that we learned as kids that like, OK, well, we're touching our genitals, but this thing is not sexual in nature. Totally. But we happen to be touching the things that are parts of our body that we do use for sex. So I figured out in a bathtub, you know, with the faucet running, little me, I can't get into this position now as, you know, in my thirties, me, but sitting next to the faucet running and then the faucet running the water, like, oh, that splashing back onto my body felt really good. And so, you know, as soon as my mom would leave me in the bathtub, that's what I would do. And I don't actually don't know if she ever figured that out. I assume, you know, if she was paying any attention, that that's what was going on. But that was when I started to figure it out. Then through schooling, did I realize that this thing that I was doing was a sin and it was wrong and it was bad. And so then it just became this taboo thing that held a lot of charge and it confusing, confusing and also um, alluring mm-hmm. and enticing. And so, I mean, I got attention that way. And a a lot of times attention, you know, my, my biological father left when I was three. And so my mom in total has been married five times. So I understood men coming and going. I, I understood revolving door when one's, one's out, another one's in and, and I craved attention. And so I craved attention from men because I didn't, I didn't get that in the home environment. And so my sex, I realized was a way that I could get it. So very unconsciously leading all the way up until, uh, I would say probably seven or eight years ago when I had a series of things happen in my life. I, I traveled post-college and lived on cruise ships, which I don't know if you know that part of my story, but I, I lived on luxury cruise lines for almost six years. Wow. And I have been to 79 c- countries. Um, I was on 19 different contracts on 19 different ships. If, you, if I say ships and I'm talking about like Carnival, Norwegian, Princess, Celebrity, the big cruise ships. And, and you were so, working, yeah. I was a crew member. And so um, dating and traveling, that taught me a lot. So if I could label, if I could go down the line, the things that taught me the most about myself, sex, sex and sex, psychedelics for sure, but probably sex and travel than psychedelics. Because I had, I just realizing that there's so many other people in the world that are living completely differently to where I, so differently to what I was told was the only way. You were exposed to just all so these much. different worlds. Lots of dicks. <laughs> Lots of dicks. <laughs> you know, wow, there are all kinds of shapes and sizes and colors. There's and a lot of that. stuff going on. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, uh, that, that was about, traveling was how I realized circumcision's like not actually a thing in many other countries. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, whoa, look at that. Penis is not like I've ever seen. One of these things is not like the others. Like it was just so, uh, you know, enlightening to travel and date. But for the majority of the time that I was on ships, I was in a relationship. And it was one of those relationships that taught me all the things that I I knew I didn't want in the future lying and deceit and cheating and infidelity and, um, uh, just, just the sadness being in a relationship where I'm not feeling like I'm anywhere close to loving myself to the degree that I could possibly love myself. Like I, Mm -hmm. I look at my relationship now and how beautiful it is. And I'm overwhelmed daily with gratitude. I can't believe that I get to be in partnership with someone that every day I feel closer to myself. I feel more of myself. I only understood relationships as you lose yourself in partnership. So did that push you to become a 
sex therapist. Yeah. That yeah. Was- yeah. All, all of that did for sure. It layers. The story continues. I wound up hitting my version of rock bottom, rolling around on the gravel, gained, uh, gained weight, didn't treat my body well towards the end of my time on ships and actually got fired from a cruise, one of the ships because of drinking. And so I was coping with alcohol, bad breakup, didn't know who I was, just this whole mess of a story. And then eventually thought, Alexa, you've got to get your shit together. And in getting my shit together, nutrition, health, fitness were first, personal development, mindset, yoga, meditation next. And then I started feeling good about myself and realized that it wasn't translating into dating. I was still so scared of, of fucking up and doing it all over again. Yeah. So then I started, I met a couple of people that opened the doors for me. Okay. And it was after that, that I realized that if I lean into learning about relationships and I learn into, I lean into, and when I say relationships, I'm talking about relationships by design, more, more like people all over the world are doing relationships much differently than I thought the serial monogamous kind of relationship. So consensual non-monogamy, polyamory, um, monogamish, open marriages, you know, even just learning about it was so huge for me. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, it was, um, I entered a relationship where I was introduced to DS dominance and submission mm-hmm. for the first time. I didn't know that that's what it was at the time. Mm-hmm. I learned it after, but it was in this window of time where I was introduced to both of these things that I had exponential growth mm-hmm. Where is this I, BDSM or this part of it or yeah, yeah yeah got it so can you D, explain what that sure. all stands for sure I mean I just said a bunch of terms there too so BDSM is four letters mm-hmm. they stand for six different words bondage dominance discipline sadism submission masochism okay but the overarching umbrella a lot of times people in this scene the scene meaning kink scene community mm-hmm. will shorten it just to DS capital D forward slash little s got it. Because it's the overarching um, power dynamic. A lot of times whenever I'm teaching, I just use leader follower. Because for some people, the dominance and the submission piece, even just the words are charged and they don't like that. But leader follower. Someone's running the experience and someone's following in the experience. So you got in a relationship and you didn't even know you were entering into this. Yeah. I mean, it was was a sexual relationship. And I I mean, and any relationship in general, but we knew that it was going to be short-lived. It's if I tell the story of this person and how it all unfolded, it sounds like a chunk of an erotic novel. Like he's captain of one of the ships and just like this power and authority. And here I am, this like art director. So you're still on the ships or this is now you're off the ships? This is right at the end of my time on ships. So you were starting to get all your stuff together at this point. Yeah, towards the end. So you're you're fit again, you're healthier, Mm -hmm. you're feeling good. And then now you get into this relationship. Yeah, yeah. And... This person showed me things that I didn't know my body could even do and led me places in my mind. Like I I would have not, I I didn't know the term orgasmic state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't have known what that was until after I remember leaving experiences going, what the fuck just happened? And then that's that curiosity that I had, um, that I still have. I'm fascinated by how people love and how people sex in a way that is unique to them, like a fingerprint. Like it's so unique the way Mm. that their sexual expression can come forward and what's the perfect type of relationship dynamic. And that 
unique thing about an individual, it continues to change as they grow, as they get older, because cycles and seasons happen, kids happen, grief happens, death happens, all of that. So then it changes and it morphs into something different. So yeah, for me, it was an entrance into to uh, BDSM. So was bound for the first time, mm. was uh, submissive for the first time. So why do people enter into these, you know, why would they? Role, yeah. Well, I can tell you at that time I hadn't experienced, I mean, meditation is one thing you can sit and try to make the, you know, try not to try to make the thoughts go away. <laughs> try not to try. You're gonna, yeah, okay. Totally. okay. I'm back. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my head I was just like, Sam, Sam Harris, you know, like make thoughts go away. <laughs> you know, you can just like maybe have like, a a guided meditation or something. Maybe that's a little bit easier, but so submission, a lot of the reasons why people really lean into submission is because they want peace in their mind. Mm. And if they are not the ones that are trying to control or make decisions, then they get to have that quiet. Mm. And so for me at that time, I was, you know, bossing at my job and I was feeling on fire and decision maker because I was the manager of my department. And I, you know, six years on a cruise ship is like ancient for a crew member. So I'd been, I was like, I had dust, like (laughs) it was ridiculous. So I didn't, I had no idea that that piece. So people lean into that. They want to go into what's called subspace. Mm. And there is a dom space as well, where there's a person is so present with the person who's submitting Mm. that they're literally paying attention to how they're breathing. If they start to perspire, how they're blinking, if they dissociate, if they're in their pleasure. And so it feels really good to be so, to be so important to someone that you have every single ounce possible of their presence. Mm. It's like the rest of the world falls away. Mm. And so it's just creating this, this vortex or this scenario scene, this environment that it's just the two of you. And, you know, and I, I speak to women a lot. I mean, I work with all types of people, but for the most part, women who listen to my show and who I work with now, and they want that so badly. They may not say I want dominance and submission. They may not say I want BDSM, but they, they want depth. And especially in long-term relationships, how do you get novelty and adventure and depth like that Mm -hmm. if you're not willing to show up in a unique way, if you're not willing to take responsibility for that and, and what's the next level of vulnerability and how do I figure this out? So that's one way is through submission and control to create depth. Yeah. So what does an experience someone who's dominating can have? Is it also that kind of bliss state? It could be, it can also feel exhausting. So there's something called sub drop and something called dom drop hmm. when the, when the scene is over, they both need aftercare. So you can have the scene end that could end with an orgasm. It could end with, okay, I'm done. Something ends scene, so to speak. And the, the sub, you know, then it's a lot of times the dom will say, well, what do you need? Do you need water? Do you need food? Do you need a blanket? Do you want stuffed animal? Do you want a movie? Do you like, what do you want is aftercare. And sometimes we don't look at, okay, well, what is the Dom who's just held this big container for this person to have an experience? You know, the Dom is taking this sub on a ride. They're also going on it, but it's almost like they're the contraption, Mm -hmm. you know, holding it all together while the subs just like got their arms in the air, got their arms in the air. And they're like, yeah, it's kind of like a, you know, in a psychedelic experience, you have the person Mm -hmm. on the journey and then you have the shaman holding the space. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. So then it would be the aftercare for the shaman too. Like, mm-hmm. How are you doing? You just saw some shit and you just held space and the energy was big and stuff was moving. So it's intense. Yeah. If people are interested in getting into that, what's a good way to even begin to explore it? Find resources. Sure. So I mean, like, we just jumped right in. So for some people listening to that, they, you know, my experience or, or even pieces and parts to it are like, oh, well, good for her. You know, I don't even know where to get started. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know till it was in my lap, basically. Mm-hmm. And I'm so fortunate and, and I'm so grateful to the person that it, that showed it to me for mm-hmm. the first time because that went really well. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that going sideways many other, mm-hmm. you know, in many other situations that could have played out differently. So there's like a yeah baby step, a yeah, super baby yeah. step. So super baby step would be listen to my podcast. <laughs> right, you definitely should. That's one yeah. of the resources. Download all those suckers. Sure, sure. But really outside of that, there's a couple of things that, that a person can do if they're just curious. And so first thing is, and this isn't necessarily just for DS or BDSM. This is for sex as a whole for someone and what they might want. Mm-hmm. So there's a something called a want, will, won't list. Mm-hmm. And it is what do you want? What will you do? What are you an absolute no to? So some, you know, people oftentimes find their way to me and they just, they know that they want more. They're not sure if it's BDSM. They're not sure if it's Tantra. They're not sure if it's swinging or an open relationship or better self-pleasure practice. They don't know. They just know that they want more. And that's like the main question people come to you is like, I feel like I need something more sexually or energetically and then they come to you yeah or or they'll say like i don't know maybe i need to leave my partner of x amount of years or whatever and and i think why would you think that and like deduce it all down and really they're bored they're not enlivened with life and they're not turned on by themselves and their lives and their partnership and it's fixable it's all so fixable so the question to well what do you want that can be super daunting so what will won't list is and you can google that chances are our list will pop up first and it's like 300 and something questions. It's a free download and it's 300 something questions that asks you all kinds of things. Do you want it? And it starts with kind of PG kissing. Do you want to be kissed on your neck? And so it'll have like the overarching kissing and then it'll have all kinds of body parts and you just say want, will, or won't. That's awesome. And the want is, yeah, I'm into it. I want it. Situation is, is great. Circumstances are awesome. I want that. The will is I will do this if my partner wants it. It's not like a hell yes for me, but I'm relatively indifferent, Mm. but I would be so down if my partner really wanted it. Mm. So it removes the maybes sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And then the won't is hard. No red pineapple, Colonel Monster, whatever your safe word is, please use red. <laughs> One syllable, easy. Pineapple is a joke. It's kind of a complicated safe word. Um, so those are no's. So my recommendation for people is to print one of those out, sit with it, and ask yourself, close your eyes and imagine a scenario where you're kissed on your left butt cheek. Would you like it? Yeah, that's cool. You know? And then once it goes from kissing, then it goes from licking, biting, breathing, it it progressively gets a little spicier as you go down. And then a lot of times people tell me that they wound up having to Google some of the words to find out, you know, look up what is 
<laughs> bloodletting. That's way down at the bottom of the list, which is like needle play. Okay. Because some people really like it. Yeah. You know, they like the fear, that adrenaline spike, which is really what what people I think are are looking for is they want to create scenarios where they they feel that rush of life. You know, like right before you're about to get on stage. You know, some people like the thrill or jump out of a plane or something they like the thrill of novelty and adventure and like maybe I could die. <laughs> you know. Some people want that. Well, what do you say to yeah. people listening to this and they're like, oh, this is kind of overwhelming yeah. to, to think about the things that you want are okay to want that. Like mm-hmm. those taboo things, like, is it okay to, you know, she's talking about these things. Is it, is this, is this okay to want these things? Yeah. How do, how do you, you know, recommend people be okay opening their minds and starting to be like, I, I can explore these things. Yeah. It's a little out of time. Really, for some people, it's a little out of time. For some people, they get the permission slip and they're like, okay, fine. You know, and they jump right into kink community and all of that and, and start going kind of balls to the wall. But, um, and just what is kink community? Just kinky people, yeah, kinky, kinky people congregate, but just like the definition, just for the, for everybody. What is kink? Yeah. Just like the, what yeah. would you just say kink is? Yeah. So, I mean, and when I, so kink, so you have a few different terms. There's kink, there's fetish, there's paraphilia. Mm-hmm. So kink is oftentimes described described as a non-normative sexual behavior. Nice. Let's just call it that. It's a non-normative sexual behavior. And between consenting adults, well, and I can't remember the exact place that I read this research, but there was a study that was done in London, if I'm not mistaken. And it was determined that 50% of the population have what is considered a paraphilia, which is a non-normative sex- sexual behavior. But the differenti- the dif- the difference really between when we use the term kink and paraphilia is paraphilias are usually the ones that can be described as not healthy hmm. sometimes. So, you know, like there's not consent. Consent is the key. Consent is the key. So, you know, there's, I believe it's called frauderism, where it's like if you're in a crowded environment and someone brushes up against you Mm. they brush their genitals up against you i mean i would imagine that any woman hearing that knows what i'm talking about and immediately like it's like like kind of heebie-jeebie thing down their back or it's like in a crowded club or in a subway or something where it's like oh dude what the fuck i've literally turned around and shoved someone before because i know it i i'm aware of it now i'm like Mm. not cool you know what i mean so that that would be you know, types of fetishes and the way people can get off in a way that's like not, not consenting. It's not good. It's not cool. So we sometimes call those paraphilia. So kinks are ones where, um, let's say we're in a crowded room and my husband does that and I've consented to it. So it's the same act, but consenting adults and it's very quickly. And it's not like he showed genitals in the middle of a room because then the middle of the room would all have to consent to that. And that's a different <laughs> environment. <laughs> yeah. That's a, what is that play or uh Group play? What, yeah. What's the term for that? Play party? Play parties. A play party mm-hmm. or, you know, voyeurism. Voyeurism. Exhibitionism. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of terms. And I'm such a sex geek. I'm such a, like a kink nerd or I'm just like, what does this mean? And who gets off on that? And I've really come to a place where you'd have to, it'd be really hard to shock me for someone to say a thing that they're into and for me to go, oh, I think I need to go sit in the corner and process that before I keep talking to you. Like I've just gotten to a place where I'm like, oh, that's cool. I've realized people get off on a lot of things and it's all normal. That's like we're we- sexual creatures. We're feeling sexual energy throughout our bodies 
all day for various things. That's awesome. So I think I might have answered. You stopped me with kink and like what that means for kink. Well, you community. filled out the list. Yeah, Everybody we filled, filled out, out the, the list. list. You're checking out everything kink yeah, wise. Yeah. You're trying to get introduced to, you know, exploring these different uh, pleasures with each other. Where do you kind of go from there? Yeah. So if you're in a relationship, then I would say fill out a want, will want list on your own. Have your partner fill out, fill it out on, uh, on their own and then come together and decide how you want to share the information because chances are you have a lot of wants that are the same and chances are there are some wills that are both wills on both of your lists that you've been doing that neither of you actually care about. You're doing it because you think that the other person wants it, but because there hasn't been an explicit conversation is kind of leading to blah. Missed energies. Yeah. Just like blah experience. You yeah. think they want it. They think you want it. You're both maybe a little bit in your head about it. So you're not embodied and your body's experiencing pleasure. So let's just scrap that. So it gives that kind of, um, creates an environment to just like cross things off. Okay, cool. We're not going to do that for now. And also gives an opportunity to say like this thing that you push for, I'm really not into it right now. Maybe ever. So I, I joke and say, Jordan and I had an experience with the want, well, won't list pretty early on in our relationship. He, I thought was kind of going through the motions in kissing on my neck and then eventually getting up to my ears and he would kind of nibble and like kiss and lick on my ears. And I would kind of, I would retract and tell, eventually I would tell him like, I don't really like my ears to be played with. And so when I went through the want, well, won't list personally, I remember getting to, you know, kiss on the ear and I put will and I got to like breath on the ear and I put will again and then I got to lick on the ear and I went fuck this won't 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 all the way up the list and then I got to a place where I was like I looked at Jordan and went I don't want my ears touched I don't want them I don't want them touched I don't want them licked played with nothing and it's such a random body part really but the point of sex and intimacy is to get close together Mm -hmm. is to be in your bodies and experiencing pleasure and if every time he approaches my ear. I go immediately out of my pleasure and I retract and recoil. And I think in my head, I've told you already, I don't want this. Like I told you already, I don't like this. Can't you feel in my body that I am not responding? Mm-hmm. You're doing something on autopilot. So it was only in the want, will want list in the debrief that I was able to go no to this. And he was like, I'll never touch fucking ears again. You got it. I'm with you. Awesome. You know, and, and so it's something so simple, but it's made such a difference. The other day he even kind of got close and like immediately course corrected. Like, and, oh, I'm not supposed to do yeah, that. but now it's a joke. At first I got, mm. you know, kind of offended and now it's a joke that we have. So that's my, my recommendation is to then debrief together and know that you're probably going to learn something, especially in long-term relationships. You're going to learn something about a person that you've been with. Maybe you even have kids with, maybe you even have a multi-year relationship with, you're going to learn things about them that you didn't know before. And it's up to you to process your emotions about that. Regulate your nervous system, meaning like take deep breaths, be present with yourself and know that there are, it's part of the beauty in relationships that you've chosen this person to get to know them for their, for the rest of your lives. You know, if that's your commitment, you can't imagine that, you know, however many years in, you know, every single thing. And it's up to, I think, us in partnership not to get offended when we realize, oh, they are actually into some other stuff that I didn't know about. So it's up to both parties to create a safe environment. Mm -hmm. And when you go to talk about it, say, I'm prepared to learn new things about you. What's a good way to create a safe environment? So 
a good way to create a safe environment, especially going into a want, want, want list would be to sit and to say, okay, let's talk about the purpose. Mm-hmm. What are we doing this for? What's our why? Set an intention and then maybe make some commitments to self and commitments to relationship. I commit to you that while I listen, I will listen fully and give you my full attention. I commit to not interrupting you. I commit to being patient with you and I commit to celebrating all the new things that I'm going to learn about you in this process I love that. for you and for our relationship. So that's just a little riff off the top of my head. And then it could be at the beginning, you also say, okay, when we get to the end, we're going to go for ice cream. Or when we get to the end, we're going to go do X, Y, Z because there's, it's not a guarantee that you're going to talk about sex and then want to have it. Totally. Because I cry like four times when we did the want, won't, won't list because sometimes a won't is attached to trauma. So, and sometimes maybe you haven't gotten that deep into some of those conversations. So, and sometimes, sometimes wants are attached to trauma. Sometimes wants are, how do I, how do I share with my partner that I would like for, I would like to create an environment where I get to call him daddy. Mm -hmm. Some people hear that and are like cringe. You know, and I remember the first time that I shared with Jordan that I have some, some parts of my kink preferences Mm -hmm. are daddy, dom, little girl, because I didn't get to be that. Mm -hmm. So it's attached to trauma for me. And so I get to reparent in a way I get to re, uh, I get to give myself consensually with my new attachment figure, things that I didn't get when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And yes, he is the person that I do have sex with, Mm -hmm. but he's my care provider, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we get to make that look the way that we want it to look. But my husband was very vanilla. He's still in a lot of ways, very vanilla. He's learning. So I was this kinky little creature that he was like, I want you. And I was like, well, I don't need to tell you what you're getting yourself into, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) So, and that could be challenging. And I remember the first time that I shared some of that with him, he was very challenged. Like, what does this mean? Am I enough? Can I provide? Am I even okay with this? So I think just knowing that that's a possibility Mm -hmm. takes some of the pressure off. So, um, and then maybe you get to the end of the want, want, want list and you want to take all your clothes off and that's cool too. So that's my first resource. (laughs) Groovy. And how can you start to play Dom sub with that want? With the want, want, want list? Well, after you're done with the want, want, want list, then I would want you to test your interest in either the dominant role or the submissive role. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, um, a test called BDSMtest.org. Mm-hmm. Like if you're particularly interested in DS dynamics, then test what you're maybe more interested in. Cause I think that there is an assumption that men would be the dominant and that women would be the submissive. But if you're in a same sex relationship, then who's the dominant and who's a submissive and mm-hmm. you get tested out. I mean, you might know just naturally who, and it's not necessarily who's the top or who's the bottom. So just, you know, go at that with an, uh, an element of curiosity. Always. Do you guys flip sometimes? And what are the experiences? Not typically. So, so usually it's somebody's more one and the other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and I mean, for Jordan and I, he desires to be the more dominant figure, but you can imagine maybe coming into a relationship with me, who's already been in DS relationships and know certain things about myself. It was a new wave of challenges for him how do I be this thing that I have no idea? I have no embodied experience of it. And she knows what she wants, but I don't know how to provide it. And so there's incongruency of like what's authentic mm-hmm. and what's true. And so there it's, it's definitely practice. It's a lot of practice. Um, and 
I think for if you test at bdsmtest.org, it'll tell you all kinds of it's it's a sexual deviancy kink. So it will test like are you what your percentage is mm. on dominance submission, but then other flavors of it too. So it might say mommy, daddy, little girl, little boy. It will say primal um, and prey. Some people like to be very animalistic. Mm pet play so like some people like to have a like a pet owner and they like to be a puppy or they like to be a horsey or a kitty or something like that i don't know if you've seen any of that it's it's very it's kind of cute <laughs> it's not for me but it's kind of cute so people like all kinds of interesting things and totally. they might not even know until they see it delivered you know so when i, so then then I spoke about like that that space that subspace right mm-hmm. how can you think about the laundry and all the shit on your to-do list if you're busy being a puppy that's very true. Yeah. Like, I can't think about those things. I'm a puppy right now. What's your thought Great. about people who are single who want to explore these things? Is it more recommended from your personal you know, opinion to be in relationships or, or not? And if you're not, how do you approach that? So I think the question is like uh, if you were to want to, to navigate some of this and discover yeah, some of this wanting, about you. If you're wanting to like so you explored a lot yeah. sexually, do you yeah. need to be in a super serious relationship? And if you're not, mm-hmm. then... Is there different rules sure. or how do you I mean, proceed? you make the rules up. You make the rules up as you go, really. But so no I, rules. But there are ways to make sure you're safe. Mm-hmm. There are ways to make sure you do it with more intention instead of just trying. A, you know, I would say you can try a bunch of things on, but also be prepared that you're going to have lots of flavors that you don't like. So it really just depends on the person and their level of being okay with risk. You know, so... I would say for a single as well, do the what, what, won't, and just imagine the perfect person or the perfect scenario and decide your wants and your wills and your wants. Also do the BDSM test and then use that information, whatever the results are, use this information as, since it's a part of your identity or your unfolding or things that you're curious about or you're figuring out about yourself, that's stuff to bring into a relationship. So, I mean, there's people, this is the thing about kinky people, the people who are really they know their kinks is that it's really hard to date without talking about certain kinks almost immediately. Mm. And that's a thing. If you get into more of the kink community and there's a community for anything, right. And so like a health and fitness community, like if you go to a conference, so I've been to DomCon, where it's a dominance convention. Wow. There is a community for literally everything like this pet play that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. There's probably a convention for that too. So, uh, So really, they have to share because some of their kinks, it's important to them. And if they start dating some people who have no idea what that is, and it's really hard for them to connect on that thing, then that if they wind up liking someone that they're afraid to tell their kinks to, then they run the risk of repressing that part of their expression and their sexuality. And that can lead to disease in the body if they repress it enough, or it could lead to it coming out in very sideways ways. You know, like getting, going outside of the relationship to get that kink fulfilled. And, you know, so I think for some people, they don't want to entertain that anymore. The possibility of going outside of a relationship to get a need met. So that's very vulnerable. Sharing with someone, hey, I eventually would really like for you to pee on me. Oh, okay. Great. (laughs) How about not eventually? How about tonight? If you get matched with someone who's like, yeah, cool. What a relief, you know, and, and I always tell people that are single that are in our space, you can't scare the right person away. 
So, but good. you can scare the wrong ones. That's really. good. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's good self exploration if you're single. Yes. Learning yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it sounds like it can help with trauma and growth and many things, understanding what you like. For sure. And for, and for some people, kink and DS and all that helps them to come to terms with certain traumatic things that have happened in their lives. And for some people, it's just fun. So I want to also throw in the, it's not necessarily like, it's not only people that have had some really fucked up traumatic stuff in their life Mm -hmm. that then wind up being kinky people. Cause I, I think everyone is kinky and some are secretly kinky and some people just haven't figured it out yet. What their flavor is. Yeah. And you were saying that each individual has their own sexual expression that kind of changes over time. Mm -hmm. And I know you've talked about erotic blueprint. I would love to go into that a little bit more and understand that's kind of like the love languages, but for sex a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's infinite tools. Like I just referenced the want, will want list. I referenced the Mm -hmm. BDSM test um, at BDSMtest.org. And then there's the erotic blueprints. And so for this, this, show is filled with lots of actionable things to do Mm -hmm. to go figure out what you might want next or what you might like next. Um, and so the erotic blueprints is one of those two. Jaya and Ian are the co-creators of the erotic blueprints. They were recently featured on Netflix, sex, love, and goop with Gwyneth Paltrow. Cool. So, uh, they're, they basically have a framework for your sexual turn on that is akin to love languages. So there's five different profile types. You take the test. It's pretty quick. Um, And you'll either, you'll have these different percentages, sexual, sensual, kinky, energetic, or shapeshifter. And basically each, each one of them is, so I'll just, I'll paint, I'll kind of make it make sense by just sharing Jordan and I's. Yeah. So we were missing as far as the language, how, what we wanted. Mm -hmm. So we went through, even though I'm a sex educator and I'm in, I've been in this space for over five years and this is my love, Mm -hmm. put me in my own relationship. And like, all of a sudden I forgot everything. (laughs) I don't know what to do. What do I do with my hands? Like I have no idea. And so, uh, we were missing the mark and eventually I painstakingly pulled out the tools. That's Mm -hmm. when we did the want, will want list. And eventually I was like, take this test so that we can talk. So like we can actually communicate with each other. Cause I felt really unheard, unseen, misunderstood. And I was getting to a point where I was like exhausted with the language that I had that I was using. And so needed this tool for him to go, Oh, now I get it sort of. (laughs) Um, so for Jordan, he tested and sexual is his top. And so sexual, sensual, and then the other three underneath it. And for me, when I tested kinky is first and energetic is second. So his top two were my bottom two and my bottom two were his top two. Got it. So we were flip flopped. Mm -hmm. And the way that that can be seen is, oh, well, you're sexually incompatible. You might as well quit while you're ahead. Or you can be like we are and think, wow, the ceiling's really high for the experiences that we could create for each other. It's a bigger container where you can explore all kinds of diversity Mm -hmm. of everything. Yes. So his top two are sex and... Sexual and sensual. Sexual and sensual. And so those those mean sexual, a person is really turned on by the act of sex itself. They see boobs, they see vulva, vagina, they see ass, they get turned on. Mm-hmm. Um, they like direct oftentimes, and this is not like a blanket 
you know, I'm just speaking very generally here. They like direct genital stimulation. You could walk up to a sexual partner and immediately touch boobs or immediately touch penis genitals and they're into it. A lot of times they want to go right for sex. Like sex means sex. You know, you yep. say sex to me and I'm like, whoa, 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 we gotta like slow down. You gotta sex me a couple times. We've gotta build the energy, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's very different. Mm-hmm. The sensual piece. So sensual, mm-hmm. well, that what I just described was energetic. But sensual is you like to be sensually stimulated. Mm. The room has to have a certain feel in it. The lighting has to be certain, a certain, uh, at a certain setting. The music has to be just right. The type of music and the sound, the volume, the smells in the room. It can't be messy. Like there's a lot of the the visual component and the feeling component. And so if they were to, you put a sensual person like in a messy vehicle and everything's wrong. Mm. Like we can't, no, you know, the sexual is like, let's, or the kinky, matter, the yeah. kinky's like, let's have sex in the back of the car in the middle of this, you know, whatever. And like the sensual just immediately locks up and it's like, everything is wrong. You've got like your gym shoes back here. I cannot do this. Right. So there's shadows and there's ways to be fed for each of the blueprints. And I'm not a certified erotic blueprint coach. I've just been in this world talking about it yeah. enough and I'm, I'm in it myself mm-hmm. and I leverage it myself. So, um, so for energetics, just to like touch on all of them, they oftentimes like anticipation. Mm-hmm. They like the feeling of, you know, for, for me as an energetic and for Jordan, Jordan wants to be touched right away. And I'm like, let me want you. So he could sit across the room and give me, I want to fuck you eyes and I will be so turned on. But if he approaches me too quickly, I'm like, whoa, 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 that's too much. So he likes direct, like get in there, massage, touch. And I am, if you just hover your hands over my skin, I can feel electricity. And so he had no idea that this was all a thing. So he likes sex. So do I. He wants sex from me. Now he realizes, do these things and I get. So, and I'm enrolled. And it's way better, I think, if you're having sex with someone who's actually into it. Yeah. It's not like, okay, well, I guess we need a little maintenance. You're right. You know, let me just like go crawl in the bed real quick. You know, like it's way more fun to play with the what's really going to turn your partner on. Yeah, so you guys have learned to dance pretty well together. It's definitely, we use the term dance a lot. Really? Yeah. yeah. What are are some other ways, you know, he's figured you out and you figured him out to kind of create that energy? Fortunately and unfortunately, he is a pretty pretty straightforward. He, you know, I just got (laughs) to, I like these TikToks that are of, um, or reels, you know, social media, the videos of the guy that's like, the guy, he's like Russian and the, you know, kind of fast walking through his house. And there's this little clip that says me going to catch my wife, walk, stepping out of the shower naked for the whatever, whatever number time. Like he's excited to just go see her step out of the shower naked. He's always pumped. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, Jordan is fortunately, unfortunately, he's easy. I just got to be naked. You know, and he's just like, whoa, he sees every time I'm naked. <laughs> That's it's, awesome. Though, opportunity. Right? I'm like, I'm changing. I have somewhere to go, you know, and so we we do play. And uh, so he's relatively. But as as we grow and as he as we grow in relationship and we grow together and this is how things can change over time, I'm introducing him to more of what he didn't know before mm. in kink. So I like taboo things. And. I like edgy and I like discipline and I like, so as an example, 
if I'm late for things, I get a spanking for every minute that goes by that we were late. And depending on how late I was, I either get that spanking before we leave or I get it in the location that we're going to. And they both make me squirm. So, and it has sort of corrected the tardiness problem, sort of. But it's a way that we get to play that he didn't know. And of course he gets turned on because I'm turned on. And, um, and he's also correcting something that really bothers him. So <laughs> <laughs> it all works for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we, we look at it as a way to play with each other mm. and to try really hard not to take it so seriously. But I will say when I am given the same thing over and over again, which is the more or less quickie sex or the maintenance sex where it's A leads to B leads to C. It's more of the sex that fills his cup mm. than it really feel, nourishes mine. It's not that I don't want that. It's I don't want that all the time. I want to be inspired. I want to feel like you give a shit. Mm -hmm. And I want to feel like I can actually be enrolled and involved in the process. And that has required him to expand in his imagination. And I think a lot of the messages he might have gotten and a lot of young men may have gotten growing up is that, well, it is kind of all about you. As soon as you come, it's over. And friction. All we need is friction. You just like put a little friction in there and then surprise, I did it. Mm -hmm. You came, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. So. For people that want to get to where you are, where they can do these lists with their partner and be super comfortable and explore these different things. And I know you take clients through your couple's goal course. You know, what are some, you know, principles or foundational things people need to work on within themselves to be able to experience these high levels of ecstasy or pleasure? Mm. Mm. Some things that they can work on in themselves. I really think get curious, like some of the tools that we even just des described on the show today and just keep going. Mm hmm keep going. Cause I think when people get uh, more of an understanding of some of the subject matter and they start to find themselves in it, reflected in it, then they get a little bit more comfortable and it's not, you know, titrate to I'm now at a play party and everybody's naked and having sex around me. Maybe you'll never want that. I'm just using that as an example, mm -hmm. but like, let's call that a 10. You're at a play party and there's all kinds of things happening around you and you're in the, you're in the middle of it, you know? And like whatever the zone is called. So let's go to one. You're at one now. Let's say that's 10. What's two? Mm -hmm. Go to two first, you know, and titrate up. You know, maybe two is you do the want, what, won't list. And three is you take the BDSM test. And four is you go, you find community online that you can have conversations with about these things. Because people who are new to kink, meeting people who have been involved in it a while are like, ooh. Let me show you things a lot of times. Mm -hmm. So just be prepared. Like you, whatever is the next step, take it. And then maybe eventually you go, you know what? I'm going to go to that party. And maybe I say that and you're like, I wouldn't even know where to begin to, to, to search or find it. If you start with the knowledge part first mm -hmm. and you shift your energy and you start to get curious, then those things will find you. I love you it. become a magnet for the things that you're curious and open to. I love it. Are there good books you recommend mm -hmm. that people are essential that people should read or would help a lot with this? Yeah. Depending on what you're interested in, I would say if you are interested in non-monogamy, then that's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of work. So just be prepared that any of these really super edgy things, things that you might consider a 10, but you're really curious about, be prepared for thousands of hours of conversations where it feels mm -hmm. like it maybe goes nowhere. Well, what's a good books or content just 
keeping that erotic energy alive in long-term relationships. Okay. So the reason why I say the open relationship one is because I have a specific one for that. Oh yeah. And just all I'm saying is that's going to take more than there's a, lots of conversations. Mm-hmm. Okay. So sex at dawn changed my life completely. Christopher Ryan and Kachilda Jetha. Um, so sex at dawn, it's pretty heady. It's a lot of anthropological information and biological information. Mm-hmm. If that's not really your flavor, nor is a 22 hour audible, um, there's kind of like the more feminine equivalent, which is, uh, untrue by Wednesday Martin. That one's really great. So those are more in the like ethical non-monogamy. There's also the ethical slut, which is really great too. That's in that mix and opening up. So there's, there's a few. And then as far as DS goes and exploration, the ultimate guide to kink, there's like one little section on there that really drags on about fisting. So if you're not into fisting, I'm giving you permission now to just skip that section. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But everything else is just Spot on. Well, so was the fisting part, but that was one that I had to speed. I had to speed it through a little bit, but I've actually had Tristan, the author of that book on my show. And it's like butt stuff, role playing and the ultimate guide to kink mm. is the episode. So she's written lots of books and I think she's even written books exclusively about anal sex. So she's just really, really knowledgeable. So I'd say the ultimate guide to kink is awesome. And then if you're interested in the dynamics in the story of dominance and submission. There's a book called I am a dominant Mm. and there's a book called diary as of a submissive. Um, both of those are really great. And then kind of the culmination and one of the OG books is screw the roses. Give me the thorns. Dang. Awesome. And do you have your top three like toys to bring into the bedroom lubes? What are some of those? Number one toy blindfold blindfold. Mm -hmm. Why is that? So a blindfold, if I put the blindfold on Jordan, then it's, I mean, even though he's a sexual, he'd rather see the whole thing go down, but let's just say I put it on him Mm -hmm. and then he doesn't know it's coming. And so that's exciting and anticipatory and maybe some adrenaline, depending on what my other tools are. Also, if I put that blindfold on him, then I'm less worried about what I look like. And for me, I can relax. Mm -hmm. I know that like, I'm not worried about making sure I do everything on the side. That's the most flattering I'm not worried about getting into a position that for me, I'm going to be uncomfortable for the sake of it looking a certain way for him. Mm-hmm. So blindfold goes on him. And then I immediately am like, all right, get down to business. You know, I'm even not, I'm even less concerned with, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to pause and I'm going to get water. You know what I mean? Like if he didn't have the blindfold on, I'd be less inclined to also resource myself through the process. It's mm-hmm. really, it's really weird how that works sometimes. So And I love blindfolds for me personally. He puts a blindfold on me and I'm like, do anything to me. All of a sudden I'm way less um, tight Hmm. everywhere. I'm just relaxed because you're going to, I'm trusting you. So um, we love blindfolds. Other toys, really, I would say it depends on what kind of scenario. People ask me all the time, what toy should I get? I'm like, well, if you first get a blindfold, second, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I even tell people when they're doing Mm self-pleasure, blindfold yourself. That's cool. Because for some people, even that is hard. Mm -hmm. So they would much rather have sex with their partner because then they have something to do and they have a thing to perform. Mm -hmm. You get them in a room with themselves and say self-pleasure and they're just like, they can't stop wiggling. They can't be still that monkey mind. So blindfold, some oddly enough helps. So outside of that, if you're, the next questions are what kind of, what kind of experience do you want to have? 
So if you want to have a vibrator, but you're also wanting to be with a partner, then you need to look for a vibrator that's conducive for that. So what's your favorite position? Mm -hmm. And so if you're doggy style, well, then you can have a bigger vibrator. If you're face to face and you're up close to each other, then you're going to want something that can fit between you. So, and I've just send me a message on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you got the list of recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. And lubes. If I just give you my rundown on, on lubes. Um, yeah, please. Very quickly. So not all lubes are created equal and they all do different things. Interesting. So oil, like coconut oil is mm. a really great lube, especially for like anal sex or something like that. But mm. it's not latex condom friendly. And coconut oil can break a condom. Oh, good so that's know. one of the things that I know a lot of people don't know. So I want to share that. But what's really great is if you're with a partner and you're not using a condom, it's also edible. So it can turn into massage oil that can turn into lubrication that can you can also eat it. So there's pros and cons to all of them. Mm -hmm. Silicone is really great for anal mm -hmm. um, and just sex in general because it's very viscous. It goes a long way, but it can erode silicone toys. Mm. And you don't want those toxins kind of leaching and cracking open those molecules to crack open. Do you have a favorite one? Silicone? Yeah. Yeah. So there's some hybrids mm. where it's half, it's mostly water-based, but with a little bit of silicone. So it mm. lasts longer. Water-based lube is the most, most versatile. Okay. But it dries quickly. So you're applying it a lot. Mm. So there's a couple of brands. I think Sutil, S-U-T-I-L, um, has a really great hybrid lube, which is great. So you don't have to worry about it eroding. That's like the 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 really... I was going to call it the goat, but it's not really the goat. Um, but those are some of the best ones because it has that viscosity, tiny bit of the viscosity to last longer than normal water. Um, and it's not going to break condoms and it's not going to um, erode silicone toys. So that was like my my quick rundown. I love it. I told you when we first got started, you were like, anything really light you up? I was like, all of it. <laughs> Everything and anything. All of it. Yes. Do you have any advice for singles? Just dating online dating, all of that. I know it's kind of an interesting world out there right now. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've learned more. I've learned a lot about myself in relationship. I've also learned a decent amount about myself out of relationship. Mm -hmm. So I can't say, you know, like learn yourself first because you will learn things that you do and don't want by being in relationship. Mm -hmm. Outside of Outside of kind of what is the the typically touted, like, be yourself and, you know, as far as dating and maybe try less of the dating apps and mm -hmm. go where you think your future wife or husband or partner is, at, you know, is going, Somewhere. like, outside of some of mm -hmm. those things. Um, hmm, I'm thinking about, so, my CMO... Bryn, mm -hmm. who's our, also our head coach, is dating now too. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about some of the things that have been successful for her. And I think being really upfront with some of the things that we spoke about on mm -hmm. the show today, which takes looking there. It takes going there. So for her being really vulnerable and upfront with things that she desires and things that she wants, it's not an invitation for someone to be sexual with her. Mm -hmm. It's, I want you to know these things up front. And if you can't provide, it doesn't mean that I don't think that you have intrinsic value as a human on the planet. It means we're not meant for each other. Mm -hmm. So I think the quicker you can get into, you know, this is who I am and this is what I want. And I'm also open to the mystery and magic of life and being surprised so, you know, it's kind of a deep question. There's really no right right or wrong. I mean, I guess maybe there are some wrong ways. I don't know if you saw the Tinder Swindler What's on Netflix. 
What is a Tinder swindler? It's a guy. It's a guy who was swindling women for money. Was taking lots of money from women on off Tinder. So that's the wrong way to do dating for sure. <laughs> so that's that's awesome. the only one that I'll say is the wrong way, maybe. But yeah, explore cool. yourself and explore some of the things that I think we spoke about here, and and really be upfront about where you're at on that journey. My gosh, it's so hot to to interact with another person that, I mean, I even think when Jordan and I got together and before we got together to have someone that is confident in their sexuality and it's not, it's one of those things that it's not leaking. Like they're so turned on that I can feel it like creeping onto me, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's, they are turned on, but it's fully inside their body. It's not meant for me to do anything with. And they are clear on I'm exploring these things and they're not overly cocky or overly confident, like misplaced confidence where they're just showing up like this is where I'm at with this. And I love to interact with you. There's just that groundedness. That feels good. Bring that. Bring more of that. I love that. How do people connect with you? That sex chick. That sex chick. Mm -hmm. And you have a course as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, my... Our company has a few different things. We do one-on-one coaching. It won't necessarily be with me, but we have a group, a cohort of people that have all been trained by me in in the same modalities. And so people can apply at any time to work with Sex and Love Co. So that's our brand. And at Sex and Love Co., you work with a Sex and Love Coach and you just choose your flavor. If you want a little more spiritual, a little bit more kinky, a little bit more embodiment, feminine. Jordan does a lot of the men's work um, for the company. So, you know, that's, that's a way to work with us. But um, Jordan and I run a program called Couples Goals. You referred to it like last night. We led them through a DS scene, a very, very mild DS experience. Mm -hmm. Everybody's fully clothed and it's just touching on the energy really slowly. Can you feel the subtlety, the nuances in each situation? And so, you know, and with this is call five, we've built up, we've all done the well, well, won't list. We did our testing. We did a blueprints. We've shared about menstrual cycles. I've got, I've got, y'all have got a bunch of men tracking their women's menstrual cycles. I deserve a gold star (laughs) for that. That is handing a man keys to a kingdom right there. Like here's all the clues you need. So, you know, for couples goals, it's really special. Of course, that one is for couples specifically. And Bryn runs the single women program, Own Your Orgasm, Mm. which is cool. So we've got a lot. Find me at that sex chick um, on Instagram. The link in my bio has all the goodies and free resources. Almost everything that I mentioned today, we have a free resource for it there. That's awesome. I love your podcast and I really appreciate you being here a lot. Thank you. Do you have any final words you want to share? Mm, I think I shared a lot. So (laughs) perfect. (laughs) I think I already shared a lot, but really my, my two pieces that I really love to share for people is take responsibility Mm -hmm. for the life that you want to have and the sex life that you want to have. You take responsibility for that. If you want it to look differently, then show up for that. Love it. And the second thing is be curious, stay curious. Thank you. You're welcome. Another fun episode. Alexa, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hopefully I can have you back on. We can dive more into all these fun subjects. Guys, download the want, will, won't list. That is your homework assignment. Explore it with your partner or a buddy, someone you like to enjoy fun with, or just do it with your friends. See what you would be willing to do, not willing to do, and want to do. All right, guys. Check out the older episodes if you haven't. Let me know what you think. You can always leave me 
a DM at Bodies by Brent ATX. And be sure to subscribe and leave a written review. All right, guys. Have an amazing week. See you on the next one.